Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Cambridge Financial Podcast with Bert Salazar, CEO at Cambridge Financial Partners, LLC. This podcast is all about tax-preferred retirement planning, economics, financial risk management, and achieving a risk-free and successful financial life. Now, your host, Bert Salazar. Bert Salazar. Hey, good day, everyone. Uh, this is uh, Bert Salazar, and I'm the host uh, for the Bert Salazar Retirement Show. And I want to thank you all for joining me once again, as we do every single week. Uh, this is actually episode 153, so we've been doing this for quite some time. And the title of this episode is, Why is the History of Money So Important Today? You know, I've been getting a number of emails and phone calls and um, I've been having reviews with all my clients because I do that right after tax season uh, to make certain that all their investments are done correctly, that their retirement assets are properly situated and that their tax planning is uh, done not only for, for now but also for the next few years along those lines. So, you know, one of the questions that I'm always, uh, I've been getting quite often is, you know, Bert, what's going on with this issue of uh, cryptocurrencies and, you know, what's happening with the economy in the, United, in the United States? What do you think, you know, we're going to be seeing in the very near future? Uh, and, and obviously, I want to take a few minutes and kind of cover, you know, some of the things that I'm seeing today because, you know, the U.S. dollar and retirement assets are being devastated, devastated by taxes, inflation, you know, loss opportunity costs and so forth. So I want to spend a, a few minutes today you know, kind of talking a little bit as to, you know, why is this so important uh, today to, to understand the history of money because uh, there's a major change uh, taking place uh, in, in the world today and all, especially in the United States. So I think it would be apropos uh, for me to be able to, to cover um, uh, some of these things as we do uh, these podcasts on a weekly basis. So. I think the big question is, you know, so what's a big deal about money? And this is a question that, you know, it's important because I deal with a lot of clients and I deal with very successful clients. And what's really interesting about this question is that although I do have a number of clients um, that do very well financially, um, they know how to make money, but they just don't understand how money works. So uh, this could be a very good uh, preamble to, you know, some of the conversations that I'm having with them, because even even those clients of mine that 
are doing fairly well financially are now very concerned about what's going to happen in the next few months, uh, at least in 2021 under the new tax law. Uh, what is happening with inflation? What are going to be the hypothetical inflation risks that we're going to have to face in the future? And how do we adapt to a changing economy? So uh, so what's a big deal about money? Well, um, it, it squares, uh, number one, it squares financial transactions. So it's something that's uh, very important because we all need uh, some kind of currency, currency in order to make certain that we can square financial tra- uh, transactions. Uh, you know, money in many different ways has an economic, financial, and, and personal impact on human life. You know, the more money you have, uh, the more leverage uh, you have, and uh, the better you can do for yourself and your family. Now, money is not everything, but it kind of makes a lot of the other problems that you may have or that we're all going to encounter at some point in time in the future or that you may be encountering today um, a little bit more palatable because of the fact that you have um, economic assets and you have a personal economy uh, that has plenty of um, um, money in order to, to make ends meet. So that's important. So it does have you know, not only an economic and financial um, uh, impact, but also has a personal uh, touch um, uh, from a human life uh, standpoint. Um, it also, as you very well know, it defines your family status uh, and many other things. And that, that could be for better or for worse, but, you know, it is what it is. Now, um, just a point, point of reference, um, and I'm going to be talking a little bit about the history of money because it's important to know uh, how did we get here in order to understand where it is that we're going uh, when it comes to the monetary values of our currency and and this thing that is happening now, what I call the new world order when it comes to uh, cryptonomics, as as I call it. So, you know, for those of you that may not know this, uh, the British pound is actually the oldest currency in the world today. Uh, so that's important to note uh, based on what I'm going to be talking about. So um, now that we've talked a little bit about, you know, money and the big deal about money and why is money so important for all of us, I think the next question is, you know, when, when did paper money start? And, and I've been doing a lot of reading for years on the history of money because, you know, I've always been very uh, interested in understanding more and more, especially because of my you know, accounting and retirement and tax planning background, you know, economics is very important. And the more I know about economics and economic trends, uh, the better job I can do for uh, not only for myself and my and my family, but also for my clients as well. So um, actually, paper money goes back a long, long way. Um, it actually started with the Chinese uh, during the Tang uh, dynasty, that's a T-A-N-G dynasty, um, that was uh, in, in the year 618 through 907. So that was um, Anno Domini um, uh, 618 to, through 907. Uh, and, and it was almost for more than 500 years uh, there until the practice began to catch up during the 17th uh, century in Europe. So uh, money had been around for centuries. So it started in China, and it actually went like five, 500 years, and nobody, nobody talked about money. Nobody knew about money other than uh, the Chinese under the, under the Tang Dynasty. Uh, but then sometime around the 17th uh, century, it actually caught on in, in Europe, and that's where we started to see the expansion 
of monetary currencies uh, throughout the world. So what currency was used uh, before paper money? Because, you know, we have been around for uh, at least civilization has been around for thousands and thousands of years. So uh, before the Chinese came out with the idea of a currency or money, you know, what was being used before? Well, you know, if you really want to know, it's um, uh, before money was invented, uh, goods and services were pretty much uh, traded by using uh, barter, uh, bartering uh, or commodities like salt and cattle and grains, metals. Um, and that goes back as, uh, as early as 5,000 before Christ. So uh, there was no paper currency um, before Christ. So battering uh, was a major way of, um, of being able to trade. So for instance, if you had uh, two cows and I had three goats and you wanted a goat and I wanted one of your cows and we could determine you know, how many goats um, I would give you for one of your cows and vice versa. And that's, and that's how we would be able to trade uh, goods and services back then. And the same thing applied to um, uh, commodities like uh, salt or uh, grains, uh, metals, you know, obviously gold, uh, silver was something that was traded uh, quite often and, and used as a currency um, thousands and thousands of years ago. So uh, the next question is, now that we've talked a little bit about, you know, the big, what's the big deal about money? Uh, when did money actually start? Uh, what currencies were used prior to paper money? I think another good question, because before we get to the point that we're going to be discussing today, is what is what is the most expensive currency in the world? Now, most of you will probably think that it would be either the euro or would be the U.S. dollar, but that's not the case. Actually, the, the Kuwaiti dinar, which is um, the acronym is KWD, uh, is, is the most expensive currency in the world. And it's used widely uh, in the Middle East uh, for oil transactions. Uh, and then obviously that expands and changes into dollars uh, throughout the world. Uh, but uh, within the mi Middle East, um, the uh, Kuwaiti dinar uh, is the most expensive currency uh, at this point in time. Now, uh, there are also four types of money that I'm not going to go into it, but it's a good idea to kind of let you know what they are. And that's a, that would be commodity money, fiat money, fiduciary money, and then commercial bank money. So we'll talk a little bit about fiat in the next few minutes. But those are the four types of money. Perhaps in another uh, in another podcast, I'll cover that uh, in in a little bit more detail. Now, one of the major questions that we need to answer, and this is brings it down now more to the to the United States, is you know, why did the United States uh, steer away from the gold standard? You know, why did they do away with the gold standard? Well, um, flexibility uh, in the money supply uh, during a crisis, that was one of the main reasons, because when the U.S. dollar was pegged uh, to gold, you could not print any more money than the U.S. Treasury had in gold. Uh, so that kind of... Uh, limited um, the way for the government uh, to be able to print money at will, uh, especially during uh, crises like um, wars. You know, we went through the first world war, then WW2, 
then we had Korea, we had Vietnam, obviously we've had Afghanistan and Iraq uh, for the last 20 plus years. So, you know, every time there's some kind of an emergency, uh, it the U.S. government, especially the Treasury, uh, may decide to print more money, but under the gold standard, uh, they were not uh, able to do that. Uh, by the way, although uh, steering the U.S. dollar away from the gold standard starts, actually started during FDR, uh, it, it finally uh, culminated uh, during the, the President Nixon administration in 1971. And that's when we totally parted ways uh, with uh, the, the U.S. dollar and, and, the, um, and the currency pegging uh, to gold. Uh, so what did I do? Well, yeah, it provided more flexibility, but by the same token, uh, it's important to know the other side of the story because if you just say, well, you know, I'm glad that they did it because at the end of the day, now the U.S. Treasury and the Federal Reserve uh, banks uh, throughout the United States have more flexibility as to do uh, as to what to do with the currency. Uh, it also created another problem, and and the problem is that you know overnight uh, the U.S. dollar became uh, fiat money, uh, which basically means uh, fiat. The definition of fiat money is that it has no backing other than a promissory note by the U.S. government. Now, the U.S. government has been very, very strong for decades, but that doesn't mean that they're going to be as strong in the future. As a matter of fact, there's a tremendous push right now by China uh, to take over the U.S. in the next uh, 10 to 15 years. So, you know, that remains to be seen, but that's, um, that's one of the problems that you have with fiat money because at the end of the day, it's not backed by anything. Is not backed by, by gold, it's not backed by silver, it's only backed by an IOU. So, you know, if I'm the U.S. government uh, and I say, look, you know, I'm giving you this dollar, I'm going to be printing this dollar, and this dollar is worth a dollar because I say so, because I'm the U.S. government, and that's what fiat money is. So uh, it, it can radically change uh, overnight. And that is one of the major, major problems that we're seeing today uh, because of, um, of a number of things that I'll discuss with you in the next few minutes. So uh, now that, we, that we've talked about this, now the next question is, you know, what country has the most amount of gold? Uh, since we actually went away from the gold standard, that would be an important point to understand as well and a good question to understand. And, you know, right now the three major countries in the world uh, that, has, uh, that have the most amount of gold, uh, number one is the United States, number two is Germany, and number three is Italy. So uh, depending on which uh, side of the, uh, the economic spectrum uh, you sit on, you know, getting away uh, or uh, doing away with the gold standard, you know, may have been beneficial in, in some areas, but it was quite detrimental in others. And that's why the devaluation of the U.S. dollar uh, is, is very, very uh, interesting and, and a topic that, that we need to discuss. So at the end of the day, the, the next question is, well, then who controls the printing of the, the U.S. dollar? And I said, well, it's a combination. You have the U.S. Treasury and the Federal Reserve, and they, 
you know, pretty much control all monetary policy uh, in the United States. And many a times, the controlling of monetary policy actually has uh, an impact, and it could be a positive or a negative impact, on currencies uh, throughout the world. So that's important to note as well. So I think you would ask yourself, okay, Bert, that's all well and good, and I appreciate a little bit of the history of money and you know, uh, uh, where did it start? And you know, what were we using before money? And you know, who's the most, who has the most expensive currency? And the different types of money, and, and a little bit of history on the gold standard. But you know, why are we having this conversation today during this podcast? And I think the reason why we're having this uh, conversation today is because unless you happen to be a hermit, unless you have no TV. Uh, no cell phone, no access uh, to Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn, or any other social media uh, enterprises that are available, uh, then you should already know the reason why we're having this conversation. You know, take a look at number one, the dollar and the dollar devaluation. The dollar has been devaluating ever since uh, 1914 which actually in 1913 was the very beginning of the IRS code, uh, but it has been devaluated ever since. Uh, a dollar back in 1914 uh, in today's devaluation uh, is almost uh, worthless. And the dollars, uh, not only today, but tomorrow and every day is gonna be uh, worth less and less as, as we go forward. So paying attention to the dollar devaluation because there's nothing that you can do. Well, there is, but we'll talk about that in the next few minutes. But if you stay in the dollar world, there's nothing that you can do because the few are controlling the decisions for the many. So why are we having this conversation as well? When number two is the national debt. You know, we just surpassed over $28 trillion in our national debt, our national deficit. We have a deficit now of almost $3.3 trillion, which is the biggest deficit that we had ever had in U.S. history. In other words, um, we are spending $3.3 trillion more than that what the U.S. government is actually bringing in. So when you, when you factor the devaluation of the dollar, when you factor the, the national debt being at the highest level that it's ever been in history, you take a look at the national deficit, which is, um, the deficit is, uh, if not the, the biggest we've ever had, probably the second to the biggest other than maybe, or perhaps uh, the deficit during the Second World War. Uh, when you look at the unfunded liabilities that we have in this country, and you know, the definition of an unfunded liabilities are all of those promises that the US government has made to all of us. By the way, if you don't know this, one of the promises is the one of a fiat money, you know, the promissory note from the U.S. government to each and every one of us. But the definition of an unfunded liability is all of those liabilities that the government has, promit, has promised to us over the years that they really don't have the money to keep today because that liability is now sitting at $155 trillion in counting every single second of every single minute of every single day of our lives. Um, another reason why we're having this conversation is 
you know, governmental controls and runaway inflation. Uh, inflation now is the highest that it's been in the last seven years, and it will continue to go higher. And the reason for that is because of government controls. Again, we have the few controlling the many. And, and I would hope that in the future political world of the United States, unless we're going to fall apart like we're starting to fall apart now, and actually we've been falling apart for years, but now it's being accelerated, is by the money supply, because inflation is nothing more and nothing less than too much money chasing after too few uh, goods and services. So let me repeat that. The money supply and inflation is equal to too much money chasing after too few goods and services. So it's all about supply and demand. And if the demand is higher than the supply, then obviously the price of those supplies are going to, to increase. And that's going to create an inflationary trend that we're starting to see now. And then obviously, last but not least, is politics. And I'm, I keep preaching this to all of you. I would hope that at some point in time in the future, uh, we would uh, promote and we would elect uh, more mathematicians than we do politicians because they are destroying our world. And I'm talking about on both sides of the aisle, so I'm not taking any sides on this one because whether you're a Republican or whether you're a Democrat, uh, you are all guilty and all these politicians are guilty of manipulation of currency, manipulation of political uh, ways of thinking, manipulation of the national debt, the national deficit, the unfunded liabilities, and then the manipulation of inflation uh, through decisions that are being made at the Treasury and at, and at the Federal Reserve that in many different ways are going to negatively impact every single dollar that you have set aside uh, for your retirement living. So I want to finalize uh, this podcast today now that I have given you this overview of money and then why we're having this conversation. I want to talk about the new world order. And if you're not aware of a new world order, again, you have probably been a hermit for the last five years. But the new world order, uh, number one, is called cryptonomics because now there's a cryptocurrency, which is a digital currency that it's already taking over the world. Now, there are going to be a lot of people fighting it. A lot of you may be fighting this. The governments uh, throughout the world are already fighting uh, these, uh, these things that are happening, and many corporation, corporations are fighting it as well. But by the same token, there are many, many companies uh, in the United States and throughout the world that are adopting, uh, that are making a paradigm shift in the way they think, because they all know, and you should all know, that the future of money and monetary policies uh, in the United States and throughout the world is going to be based on digital currency. Uh, by the way, if you didn't know this, 90% uh, of all U.S. dollars are digital. Only 10% of U.S. dollars are, dollars are actually in circulation today. So even the U.S. dollar, 90% of it is already a digital currency. Now, why do I feel very strongly about cryptocurrencies and crypto economics and why you need to start paying attention to this? 
is because cryptocurrencies are actually transferring financial power from the few to the many. Let me repeat that again. Cryptocurrencies are transferring financial powers and power from the few to the many. So what is happening in the crypto world is because it's digitized, it's a digital currency, the many, each and every one of us, and I've been doing crypto now for some time, um, each and every one of us that has a portfolio as an additional asset class as part of your retirement plan, and this asset class would, be, would now be a crypto asset class, uh, you have control of what's happening with that currency throughout the world. So now everyone that is participating in a blockchain, which is, I'm not going to get into too much of it. I'll do another one uh, on crypto chain, uh, crypto, um, uh, the uh, blockchain and also on smart contracts. Uh, but blockchains, uh, think of it as having a whiteboard uh, on the sky, uh, just uh, similar to having a, a bookkeeping account ledger uh, on the sky that it cannot be controlled. Uh, every single trade, every single uh, ledger, every time you trade money for goods and services, go, go for a service goes into that ledger. And uh, you cannot erase, and there is there forever, forever, and it cannot be controlled either by the government or corporation. So it's actually creating a total financial freedom uh, for those of us that are using that are using cryptonomics, uh, knowing that the world is going to go that route no matter what. So uh, in the future, the same way that we uh, went from um, uh, from uh, bar, uh, bartering to you know creating a currency by the Chinese and then eventually being adopted uh, by the Europeans in the 17th uh, century uh, to what uh, the, the the U.S. dollar and the different currencies throughout the world, the euro and the euros and the yen and so forth, you know we're now moving into a uh, into a financial digital currency that all of us are going to start using in the future. So the opportunity for you to invest, for you to maximize your retirement assets, for you to kind of pull away from the uh, governmental control on your currency is by starting to, to invest uh, in cryptocurrencies. Now, there's always risk. So I'm not giving you all any type of financial advice. Uh, I will be sharing with you what it is that I do uh, in that marketplace. Um, but the question that you need to ask yourself is, uh, a, is it more risky for me not to get involved than for me to get involved? And that's a, that's a question you're going to have to uh, ask yourself and be able to answer for yourself. So um, the other reason why the new world order is uh, taking shape is that, you know, the people do not trust the government anymore. Uh, we don't trust the government. Uh, we don't trust the media any longer. Uh, the media is now using, using us, and we have become the puppets of the media, and the media is the puppeteer. The U.S. government is dictating policy, whether you happen to be a Republican or a Democrat. That is having a negative impact on everything that we do in our lives and will continue you know, for many generations to come. Uh, so we're actually lending money that we don't have, and we're uh, creating money that we don't have, so we have a printing machine. And every, every time the U.S. Treasury turns that printing machine on, guess what? 
each and every dollar that you have worked so hard for, that you have set aside for your retirement for so many years of your life, um, all of those um, uh, things that you had to do in order to prevent having a good time with your family so you could save money for a rainy day is now being dissipated uh, and dissipated to, to a point where uh, it's going to be worthless at some point in time in decision. So uh, in the future. So governmental decisions today, you know, definitely have a tremendous impact on future generations. Um, now, as I said earlier, uh, digital currencies cannot be controlled by governments, politicians, and or financial institutions. So the leverage of having digital currency, it's something that uh, it's, it's very important to look at as we start to get into the new world order. Uh, now, supply and demand rule the, rule the day in the crypto world and manipulation does not take place. So once you get involved into in the crypto world and you know, most uh, clients that are now involved in, uh, in the crypto world are just buying coins, whether they're buying Bitcoin or Ethereum of Cardano or Polkadot, you know, whatever the coin may be. And it's important to do what is known in that crypto world as DYOR, which is do your own research. Uh, but these digital currencies cannot be controlled by governments, politicians and or financial institutions. So they have the liberty and the freedom to, to be able to go up or down uh, depending on supply and demand and market conditions, uh, which is very important. Um, by the way, Bitcoin is uh, the largest currency, currency in the world. And, and one of the interesting things about Bitcoin is that uh, there will only be, and this is very important for all of you to, to note, there will only be 21 million Bitcoins uh, mined uh, slash printed uh, in, in the world. So it is, uh, it is an asset uh, that is uh, scarce. So I think uh, the last uh, Bitcoin is going to be printed uh, or mined in the year 2040. Uh, so it's not too far from now. So after that, uh, the, that uh, currency, that, uh, that digital currency will not be um, mined again. So therefore, you can understand why that currency uh, can be a tremendous uh, benefit to each and every one of you. Uh, because of the fact that it can help you offset inflation um, in, in a different way that, than the dollar could because uh, the U.S. government can print U.S. dollars at will. Uh, there's not a maximum amount as there used to be under the gold standard. So every time they, again, turn on that printer and they start printing U.S. dollars, uh, your money is worth a lot less. Uh, so I've been putting a lot of money now into Bitcoin and some other coins that I feel are the stable coins in the market, uh, stable, quote unquote. Um, but, you know, again, I'm not going to give you any type of financial advice, but what I will give you is uh, financial information, education, and most important, I'm going to share with you uh, what it is that I'm doing in, in that world uh, moving forward uh, into the future. So um, I'm hoping that this podcast uh, has opened your, your eyes to understanding the new world order and the reason why we're having this conversation today and why the new world order is going to be the order of business moving forward uh, for you know the, the next 
uh, many generations that come uh, down the pike at some point in time. So uh, for those of you that may want to pick my brain about this topic and or any other topic, uh, please feel free to reach out. Uh, you can call me at uh, area code 786-766-1042. You can also send me an email at bert, B-E-R-T, at bertsalazar.com, B-E-R-T-S-A-L-A-Z-A-R.com. And always remember that my goal for, for you and, and for your family and for my clients and for my online community is to kind of help you all, again, kind of help you all uh, change uh, the way that you see things. Because when you change in the way that you see things, the things that you see change. So once again, thank you for giving me a few minutes of your time today. And I'll talk to you again soon. Take care. Bye-bye.